Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Thanks to this historic $292 million investment, led by the President, passed by my Senate and House colleagues, Gateway is finally leaving the station. Now, you can use whatever train metaphor you want, anyone you want, but get on the Joe Biden Express now, because we are not stopping. Such energy. From Senator Schumer. My God, I feel inspired to go run a marathon. I mean, can this guy rally a crowd or what? Anyone you want, but get on the Joe Biden Express now because we are not stopping. Ah, Man, it's 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 like it's like once more unto the breach, dear friends. Oh, my God. Oh, Chuck Schumer, this is is bad. This is really, really bad. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 either it's either once more into the breach, dear friends, once more, or close up the wall with our English dead. In peace, there's nothing so becomes a man as modest stillness and humility. But when the blast of war blows in our ears, then imitate the actions of the tiger, stiffen the sinews, summon up the bludge, disguise fair nature with hard favored rage. Or get on the Joe Biden Express now, because we are not stopping. Honestly, I'm conflicted. I'm not sure which one really moves me. <laughs> he's a he's a treat that Schumer. He really and truly is something. I, hold on, maybe I've got more that I can compare to because I've got there's like a never ending amount. Of, of of Schumer to show this level of embarrassing for a guy who is sadly the House Majority Leader. I'm always stunned by the people who can't deliver in that way because I always think of the elected official as somebody who has a touch of showman in them. Now, not everybody does, and some people are are, are real wonks and 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 uh, really boring. You know, they just don't have any kind of thing to them. They, they've they just managed to get elected and, and, and stay elected. Right? That That's always true. But don't people look at some of these people and say, this is sad? Like, this is just, like, haven't you learned how to do this better? Like, I can go back to Shakespeare, right? 
Be copy now to men of grosser blood and teach them how to war. And you, good yeoman, whose limbs were made in England, show us here the metal of your pasture. Let us swear that you are worth your breeding, which I doubt not, for there is none of you so mean and base that hath not noble luster in your eyes. I see you standing like greyhounds in the slips, straining upon the start. The game's afoot, follow your spirit, and upon this charge, cry God for Harry, England and St. George. Or, and they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. I'm torn, guys. I got to admit... I got to admit, I'm torn. By the way, there's not another radio host in America who is um, uh, quoting uh, Shakespeare doing Henry V. Not a one. I'm just putting that out there. Go go ahead and, well, don't turn yet. I mean, the show's not done. After the show, uh, search. Search. Try and find another host who will come close. No, no, no. No, no, not going to happen. That's just who we are, people. That is just the kind of culture we're bringing. Meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy is being warned by the Chinese not to visit Taiwan. President Xi Jinping clearly doesn't want a repeat of what Speaker Nancy Pelosi did. A vicious mother, isn't he? Well, he ain't the kindest guy. A spokesperson from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs said China opposes any form of official interaction between its Taiwan region and countries having diplomatic ties with China. We hope U.S. lawmakers will abide by the one China principle and the three China-U.S. joint communiques and refrain from doing things detrimental to China-U.S. relations and peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait. After all, if you want to talk about damaging relations and having no peace and no stability in the Taiwan Strait, we can do that all on our own, thank you. The last thing we need is Kevin McCarthy. So uh, Pelosi went, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. And then, of course, it was lots of drills in the Taiwan Strait and uh, lots of anger and and uh, China going, ooh, you Taiwan of course, uh, China wants uh, Taiwan back. They believe that Taiwan is a part of China and must remain that way. If you take a look at a map, you'll understand that the size of uh, Taiwan is a thimble. It's a small island compared to, well, just the massiveness of China. And then you have the, the, the Taiwan Strait. Major, major shipping lane of the Taiwan Strait. So when you ask the question, why exactly does China even want Taiwan? What is the point of this? Well, there, there's a twofold. First, you would have further control of the East China Sea, further control of the South China Sea, further control of the Taiwan Strait. Allow yourself more access to control the Philippine Sea as it moves into the Pacific. You would allow yourself uh, significant pressure on Japan and China in, in, in this way. So that control is very, very important. That control matters greatly if your, your job, as, as you see it, is hegemony. 
right? The the idea that not only are you the dominant power, but now you have to prove to everybody else how dominant of a power you are. But the other part of it has to do with their communism. If you are told that you've got a one-China policy and you have a society by which nobody can ask a question or disagree without being disappeared, well, then no one is allowed to ask a question or do anything without being disappeared. How in the world could Taiwan think it has its own ability to be free? Just like you saw in the absolute abuse of Hong Kongers, you can't allow anybody in mainland China to see, whoa, 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 whoa. Taiwan doesn't have to deal with this crazy. Taiwan doesn't have to do this. Taiwan doesn't have to do that and do the other. Well, why can't we decide what we do and when we do it? That does not work for a communist regime. That's that's not going to, to fly. So part of the reason why they have to be so strong on Taiwan is because, well, they have to be so strong on Taiwan. I know that sounds a little bit weird, right? It's like it's like a non-answer, but it's, it, they have to do the thing because they said the thing has to be done. It's not that the thing has to be done. There's really, it, 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 while you could argue there are, are certain financial benefits to, to having further control of Taiwan, there, there's not a, a growth pattern uh, difference here. China still suffers from the fact that its economy is not in a great place. Uh, We're going to speak with Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis on this subject, uh, because of how it relates to American GDP and, for example, Germany, which is the fourth largest economy in the world, and their GDP is contracting, yet we've seen growth in what's known as the Eurozone. And how does this all tie in about uh, the economic future of the world and, and things don't look great, no matter what it is Joe Biden says? And this reconquering, if you will, of Taiwan doesn't necessarily change that. What it changes is the internal politics of China so they are able to further have control of their own people. Remember, part of the deal, part of the sale of communism is that that you won't be poor and you'll always have food and you'll have this and you'll have that and everybody be equal, right? It's the the nonsense uh, bullcrap of the utopia. There is no such thing as a utopian society. Somebody is always on top and somebody is always starving. It's just like when they talk about equality and and I'll get into that. It's not pushing everybody up. Why would you think that equality is pushing everybody up? There, we're going to make sure everybody has equal outcomes. Well, that's really easy to do if the outcome's at the freaking bottom. Super easy to do if the outcome is uh, everyone gets, you know, their rations and their government-appointed gray garb and the same brutalist-style concrete housing. Super, super easy to do in that way. Remember, the equality doesn't push people up. It pushes people down. Doesn't bring people up, it pushes people down. 
You can't have Taiwan thinking it can be free. You have to control your own people. And that's harder to do when you're not bringing in the dollars to live up to what was supposed to be your end of the communist bargain. And when people notice, hey, you're not living up to the your end of the communist bargain, that's what's like, well, I guess we have to kill these people because that's what communism does. History's on my side, people. You think capitalism's a problem? That's some damn ignorance right there. Communism is a killer, a dirty, nasty killer. Whether you talk about Lenin or Stalin or Castro or Pol Pot or Mao, it makes no difference. That's what it is. History's on my side. Well, actually, history is on the side of telling you that communism kills a whole lot of people. Capitalism brought us the iPhone. Communism brought you the ability not to search for things on it. That's a, that's a good way to look at the situation, if you ask me. So... When we take a look at the question of should Kevin McCarthy go to Taiwan, the answer is, of course. That was the answer about Speaker Pelosi. It was 100% right of her to go to Taiwan. We said so here. We cheered her on here about going to Taiwan. And bring a delegation with you, sure. I don't like her. She is in favor of horrific policies, and she was a nasty speaker. She happened to be correct on this thing, so I said so. That's how it works. When someone's right on a thing, you say so. I didn't say I was going to invite her over to the house for tea. Because that's just, well, never going to happen. Kevin McCarthy should go to Taiwan if he wants to go to Taiwan. The Chinese are in charge of nothing, which is the reason now you got to go to Taiwan. Because just like the Chinese have to be tough on Taiwan because they said they have to be tough on Taiwan, once they start with the threat, now you got to go to Taiwan to remind the world that they don't decide what it is Americans do. And the third person in line to the presidency, would that be the second person? Because the president and the vice president and the speaker of the house um, goes where the speaker of the house wants to go. And Xi Jinping can't direct us to the freaking bathroom. Seems to me that's what you do. Oh, and then then China will do some exercises in the Taiwan Strait, and they'll be angry, and China smash. They will eventually go for Taiwan. The world will have to figure out what to do. If we believe the war games, it's going to become a big mess for the United States, for China, and for Japan. Question is, who can rebuild faster? Who can rebuild the military faster? Specifically, I'm talking about Navy ships. Which, in the debt limit conversation, it's the only place I'm not cutting, is defense. As a matter of fact, we need more. We need to be building ships right now. Don't ever forget... All the cybersecurity conversations in the world and the cyber attacks, that's absolutely how this is going to come. It's how it's going to start. But it's going to end with a Navy. Without the Navy, you ain't got nothing. I'm willing to back that one up hard. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Do you think I could get 2,000 people to show up to a one-night event? I wasn't planning on it, although I've, I've been wanting to do a one-man show. And, and, and where I am in Indianapolis, there's a really cool theater down in a place called Shelbyville. And I've, I've, I had, they've, I've talked about wanting to do it there, and they've reached out. I just haven't, with timing, been able to do things. And, and I, I got to get it done. But 
I'm minding my own business, doing the show, and all of a sudden, up comes a tweet from Congressman Dan Crenshaw about an event Bernie Sanders is doing. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. The senator from Vermont, the communist. He's a communist. He's not a democratic socialist. Scream, yell, cry more. I don't care. He's a commie. Of course he's a commie. Anybody who would say this. You know, it's funny. Sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. That's Bernie Sanders back in the day. He's a commie. We're done with the conversation. He, I guess, did he write a book or is he just doing an event? He is doing an event called It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. And he's doing it at the Anthem Theater in D.C. He is selling tickets on Ticketmaster for people to attend an event called It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism. $35 to $95. So I I clearly need to do an event. It's okay to be angry about Bernie Sanders. I need a sponsor by the time I'm done talking in, in, in just a few minutes. Tony at TonyCats.com. It is a bidding war to be a sponsor. And I'll split the difference. I'll split the difference between 35 and, and 95. So, so what is that? Is that, is that 65? So that would be $65. And then I guess we can do some VIP, VIP tickets for 95. Maybe we'll do that. He's doing an event about being angry about capitalism that isn't free. Come on. Come on, it writes itself. It writes itself. The question is, I was, I was looking at, at the theater, and the theater holds a whole bunch of people. The theater holds 2,500 to 3,200 or a standing room for 6,000, right? We wouldn't do a standing room. We would do it, we would do it seated. Um, do you really think he can get 2,500 people? I don't think he can. So maybe I don't need to, maybe could I just do it with 500? Could I do it with 500 people? It's okay to be angry about Bernie Sanders. That's the event. It's okay to be angry about Bernie Sanders. I don't know, maybe I'll invite friends, special guests. Tony at TonyCats.com. It better be a bidding war to be sponsors of this thing. This is insane. And the best is, is that Bernie will tell you that it's no big deal. Because what Bernie Sanders does, if if you've ever not noticed this, watch. He has asked a specific question. And then he'll give a quick yes or no and then move into an answer that has nothing to do with the question being asked. He does that again and again and again. And through his halting style... He just believes he can railroad and run over other people. Um, and uh, he likes to be cantankerous and he likes to be loud. Uh, he ain't that tough. He's not. The man has never held a job in his life. How did he get all these houses? The only thing he has done is destroy. Like, for example, his wife destroying a college. He didn't even make the mittens. He's going to go out there and this, is this a book that he's doing? Is it a book? Call Yeah, it is a book. It is a book. It's okay to be angry about capitalism. He actually wrote that.
So I'm going to do the event, It's Okay to Be Angry About Bernie Sanders. This has to happen. This must happen. Can I sell out 500? I don't think he'll get 2,000. Can I get 500? Oh, it'll be a good night. Bourbon will be available for purchase. It will be a good night. Oh, the history of Bernie Sanders, how he has made money doing nothing, all of it. All of it. Oh, I'm in. I am in hard. This is Tony Katz today. So there they were at the State House, right there in Indianapolis. And what do they got going on? Their fourth annual LGBTQ State House Day, put forth by the ACLU. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Uh, People want to have a day of this and a day of that and engage their First Amendment rights and go protest. 100%. I'm down. I'm in. I hope it went well for everybody. You're trying to push a message, you're trying to push an idea that I agree or disagree with it is completely inconsequential to whether or not I think you should be able to do it. I absolutely think that if you're an American citizen, you should be able to do it. Not an issue. I'm fine. But I will discuss the what. In this case, the LGBTQ Statehouse Day opposing uh, legislation that the ACLU says uh, that um, is harmful. They claim that these are harmful, harmful bills. They claim that these bills push trans youth and adults out of public life. Oh, so this isn't about LG or B, and certainly not about Q. Now, is it? Well, I guess it could be. Q stands for questioning. So this is all about transgenderism, gender dysphoria, as described in DSM-5? That's what this is about. This is not about people who are gay or bisexual. Why do you lump them into this conversation? As the reporting goes, those who plan to be at the event, or were at the event, I should say, because this took place yesterday, say they will call out bills that ban gender-affirming treatment. Gender-affirming care includes the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of physical and mental conditions, including sex reassignment therapies for transgender individuals, according to the Association of American Medical Colleges. Then they're going to bring attention to legislation that censors in-school discussions of issues that affect LGBTQ people, bills that restrict books around LGBTQ persons, and bills that limit people's ability to update their gender information on state-issued ID cards. So, this is what the, the day is about, and this is what they're fighting, and of course, the claim always comes down to, well, you know, if you don't do what these people want, you're a bully, and you're leading them to suicide. You guys know as I have discussed before, that I was suicidal in my 20s. Uh, The depression, I mean, comes from when I was a kid. And I would argue that while I started to get a a handle on it, um, in my late 20s, maybe I was 30, it it wasn't until really my mid-30s that I, I, I feel that I understood what I was really doing wrong and how to make things better. 
as I've discussed, one of the things that happened in my life is that I stopped lying to myself and I stopped lying to others. I don't lie about anything. I don't lie about the kind of day I'm having. I don't lie about what's going on in my head. I don't lie about how, how I view a position or a theory or a philosophy. I don't lie. The day I stopped lying to myself and to others, literally everything got better in that moment. In that moment. It's a true story. Uh, but I, I absolutely, from, from being a kid, probably before being a teenager, and certainly I spent way too much of my 20s um, considering suicide. Oh, down down to, so, so I always make this argument. Maybe a professional would tell me that I wasn't suicidal because I never took the next steps. Right, someone who does this for a living, if you will, might say to me, "Tony, you were this, but not necessarily that." And I'm not about to argue with them uh, on it. But I would—I was living in in a place called Bradley Beach, New Jersey, right there on the Jersey Shore. I was a block from from the Atlantic Ocean on the balcony. You could overlook the water. It was the second floor uh, of a house we were renting. Couldn't couldn't afford anything. I couldn't get a job. I could not get my head straight. I I, I just couldn't. I spent weeks doing I don't know what. I don't know what I did every day. My wife went to work. I don't know what I did every day. I, I don't recall the days. I don't, I don't remember at all. What I remember is wondering how I could leave the note on the door so my wife wouldn't just walk in and find me there. That happened a lot. That does not happen anymore. I, I am, if anything, to, that you could say this to, don't mean to stutter my way through that, living proof that it gets better, that it can get better, it got better for me, um, and, and I only hope it can get better for others. By the way, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, you, you dial 988. Uh, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is now a, a three-digit number, 988 is all you need to do. And uh, I never had to make that call. I did go see somebody um, because I, I truly thought I was I was losing my mind. I truly thought, you know, I, I, well, I shouldn't say, I, was, I didn't, I shouldn't say it that way. I shouldn't say that I truly thought I was losing my mind. I wanted to know if I was crazy. And so I, I, I spoke to somebody, uh, nice enough guy whose name I, I don't remember. And that didn't last. Um, maybe that was an hour. And I came back to see him the next week, and he literally said to me, why are you here? And so I was like, all right, I, 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 I guess I'm not coming back. But I knew I wasn't okay. I should have found somebody else. Like, that's a mistake I made. Because I think it took me a lot longer to get through everything <laughs> than it should have. And I think that if I had gone uh, to, to speak to somebody on the regular, I think it could have been helpful. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe by doing it the way I did it, it, it worked out better for me. Beats me. I don't have an answer uh, for, for that question. What, what I know is that feeling suicidal came from within and was not, was not from the outside. And every time the ACLU or these other woke groups say, well, if you have an issue with transgender people and you say so, you're leading them to suicide. No. That's a lie. And I'm not somebody who's going to abide by that lie. 
It comes from inside. Gender dysphoria, feeling that you're born in the wrong body, comes from inside. And a tremendous amount of what we're seeing, by the way, is social contagion. There isn't simply this much of it. It's about being woke. It's about it being pushed on people. Of course, that should be addressed. I didn't say people should be treated rudely or crudely or, or, or with, with, with hate. No part of me says that. But saying that a 14-year-old should not be allowed to get gender reassignment surgery or be allowed to have their, their body mutilated by a doctor, that's not hate. That's love. Allowing that, well, I got a name for that. I call that hate. Doesn't matter to me if you like me, groups. Doesn't matter if the ACLU likes me or not. What in the world does that matter? The ACLU are full-on bullies. You don't agree with this, you're bullies. You don't like these, you're not even like these people. You don't allow these people to do X, Y, and Z, you're bullies. Yeah, I don't allow children to mutilate their bodies. And I'm not about to go down the, 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 the line of this idea of gender-affirming care. There's no such thing. Gender-affirming care is double-talk gobbledygook for saying children can make these kinds of decisions, and the answer is no. They can't. It's gobbledygook for saying parents shouldn't have a say in their children's life, and the answer is yes, they should. When we talk about books in schools, we're only talking about in schools. Children, nine-year-olds, shouldn't have porn in their school library. If you think they should, you're wrong and you shouldn't be allowed near children because we don't allow people who are into porn to get near kids with porn. You want to be an adult and go use some porn? No, no judgment. No judgment at all. I'm fine. I'm good. You, you, your fetish, your world. I, I don't judge me on my fetishes, and I won't judge you on yours. And we're all sweet. Children looking at porn? Absolutely not. Proudly trying to push porn in the faces of children? Don't be surprised if you get attacked. Cause that's messed up. So yes, it's stunning that you would even have to restrict a book that was in that was pornographic. But let's get to the big one. That LGBTQ is a political movement and not about people. And I put forth to you that the ACLU, along with other organizations connected to them, don't actually care about people at all. The people matter the least. What matters is that they are allowed to take your quote-unquote identity and utilize it for their political purposes. What else would it mean when you utilize LGBTQ everywhere? Does every gay man and gay woman agree with the T? Does every B agree with the T? Well, of course not. Are they allowed to? Are they allowed to speak out and say, I'm not down with this? But you just lump them into LGBTQ. You lump them into a group and say, you believe this. You have to think like this. As we've described many times, if you're gay and conservative, they'll tell you you're not really gay. Well, that's exactly what they'll do to you if you're not down with the T. LGBTQ does not allow for individuals to be individuals. And I find it despicable to tell gay men and women across Indiana, across the country, that they're a part of this or they don't exist. 
Look what you did to the, to the concept of pride. It's no longer gay pride. It's the pride flag. It's a political movement about absolutely positively anything, but not about what it is gay men and women actually fought for in the United States. No reference or respect for Stonewall. Dear Lord, it's like uh, the, the village there in Manhattan never happened. No, fight that they endured and that today's woke don't even recognize. All they do is say, you haven't done enough, gay man. You have it so easy. You're just gay. That's what they say. That's what this is discussing. And I know it's so weird. It's so weird that here's this straight conservative engaged in a full-throated defense of gay men and women. But it's not actually that weird because I am a believer that people are individuals of individual mind who are able to come up with their own conclusions, their own theories, and their own thoughts. But the ACLU, along with a series of others, just want to lump people together. You are part of this group. That is all you are. That's the only damn reason you exist. It's the only reason you exist. You don't get treated like an individual because individuals might have individual thoughts and we can't allow that. No, no, no. Only the group think can live and exist here. And that's what the ACLU of Indiana wants to push forward. And that's what the associated organizations want to push forward. The group think or no think at all. You don't have the right to have your own thoughts. We will tell you what to think. We will put you in this group. Because you as an individual don't provide us any actual value. You as an individual don't help because what if as an individual you're like, yeah, I'm not so down with the T, man. Like, like, like I'm a, I'm a G and, and, and like, I, I like, I like my sisters, the L's. I think the B's are kind of weird, but whatevs. But I don't, I, the, 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 the T's, man, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not there for the T's. Nope. That puts an end to a political movement or the utilization of a political movement. So gay and lesbian people are not given their right to speak. Now I ask you, what is it about being a conservative that would somehow prevent me from recognizing how ugly that is? That there is a group of people out there trying to tell another group of people that they're not allowed to have their own voice unless they're a part of this group. And only being a part of this group matters. As a matter of fact, they're forced into this group whether they like it or not. This political movement. Uh, the correct answer is no part of being a conservative is down with that. A conservative would find that disgusting. So would a rational person. So even if you're not a conservative... And you find that concept of being forced into a certain group because of a characteristic and a grouping of letters that somebody else put together. If you find that disgusting, congratulations, you're normal. You're a rational person. Being rational is good. Irrational is the ACLU on these subjects. Irrational is thinking that kids should be able to see porn. 
and it should be in a school library. Irrational is thinking children can determine their gender and allow themselves to have surgeries or take medicines to physically alter themselves, to mutilate themselves. Yeah, that's wrong. Gender-affirming care. That's also a lie. The ACLU may not want to hear it, but honestly, who cares what the ACLU wants? Let us do what is necessary to protect children. You know, rational things as rational people. That makes sense. I'm Tony Katz. So there's a player for the Cincinnati Bengals. They lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, Jermaine Pratt. And he was infuriated by the loss because one of his uh, teammates, Joseph Asai, hit Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for the Chiefs, uh, and, you know, out, out of bounds. And it was a 15-yard penalty. And he was screaming, why in the world did he do it? Cost us the game. He's leaving anyway. I'm like, like he, he's heading out. What's he doing here? And so now he, he's apologizing. Uh, I was emotional. I was in the moment. I was wrong. I wasn't a great, great teammate in the moment. Yeah, you were, you were emotional in the moment. You don't have to apologize for anything. You know? I mean, I guess you can. You're like, oh, man, I was just, I was just hot, right? Hot-headed. He was mad at Asai for hitting uh, Mahomes out of bounds, a 15-yard penalty, and allowed uh, Kansas City to stay in it and get the, the, the field goal. I mean, he was hot. How the blank do you touch the quarterback and all that? He was hot. Hot. And Osai, I mean, he's probably furious with himself. What a mistake. What a mistake. Dude, Cincinnati's got a future. Cincinnati's got a future, dude. One Super Bowl, AFC Championship. You, you got to believe this is a team that people are going to want to go play for and a coach people are going to want to be a part of. And yeah, you do get through this, but sometimes people are hot. Nothing wrong with an apology. You just don't have to do it for our sake. Do it for the sake of your team. You don't even have to tell us about it. This is Tony Katz today. Today.